0: Storm Bowling Products, the bowler's company, presents the Collegiate Spotlight with Coach K. Storm's technical director, Steve Klimkin, also known as Coach K, and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce you to a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is PJ Haggerty. PJ is a three-time member of Junior Team USA, at Fresno State, he was a three-time Collegiate Player of the Year, most valuable player, and first-team All-American. He was 2007 member of Team USA. P.J., Timberg and Coach K. Steve Klemkin, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Certainly appreciate the, uh, the invite and the opportunity to uh, join you.
0: Well, P.J., you bowled collegiately at Fresno State, so let's talk about just a few of your most memorable moments from bowling in college.
1: Sure so uh was at Fresno state uh two thousand four was my first season, and then um, graduated at the end of our two thousand seven season, so um four full full years there and um, I gotta say our most memorable time was uh we made the show our second year in uh in Illinois, um, just outside of chicago and uh, unfortunately lost on the show, It's a pretty ugly match, uh, I, it actually just got brought up on YouTube a couple months ago, so I got to kind of relive it, um, you know, certainly still, uh, still heartbroken from that, but that was probably our, our most memorable moment, and, and the most success that we had there, um, you know, made it to Nationals every year, and, and dominated some of the sectionals, but, uh, you know, other than that, um, being, you know, the most successful, I had a pretty good individual career as well, you know, winning the MVP, and um, and player of the year, you know, three out of the four years, which was, which was nice. Um, but, uh,
2: yeah, make, making that show and, and being on TV. That was,
1: the, that was the most memorable time for
2: sure. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Be a collegiate player of the year. And I think at the same time as well, you were uh, a member of both junior team USA and, uh, adult team USA at the same time, weren't you? Wasn't it something like that? Yeah. I had a lot going on there. I had a pretty good
1: run for, uh, for a couple of years there. So that was, that was a lot of fun. And, you know and of course uh you know doing all the all the fun stuff with the guys and the team um you know kind of living the college life for for a few years that was uh that was a lot of fun for sure we we had a lot of good memories
2: did the uh, did your experiences there in college as far as uh when you were developing your career and learning, you know, different hand positions and different strategies for for lanes and attacking the angle, did all that kind of help feed you to to help you know bring you to where you're at as far as your professional success and where you're at today? Yeah, absolutely. I, I certainly think that college is something that
1: you just can't put a price tag on, as far as how much it develops you uh, for the next level. You know, um, I had a couple different choices on where I could go to school and decided to go a little bit closer to home at Fresno State. And, you know, a couple coaches that were there, Chris Preble and, and Glenn Carlson, um, you know, had a great relationship with them. So, you know, you, you can't put a price tag on, on the amount of practice that you get because you're you're on so much of a schedule. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's hard not to get better because you put so much time in, and you're around guys that, um, you know, if, if you all kind of, Kind of bleed success, and, and you and you you want to, you know, not only do well, but um, you know, develop some relationships with some guys that uh, you know you know you're going to spend the next few years with, and um, you know, the sky's the limit. So you know, for anyone out there who is thinking about going to college to bowl, um, and you know, and eventually go on tour, um, I don't see how you can't go to school and not, you know, go on tour. I, I, I think that. There's there's so much you can learn there, and just some experiences that you can't get um, unless you go to college that that will help you know develop you for the tour.
0: Yeah, PJ. So let's talk about your goals when you left Fresno State versus your bowling go- goals now. You know, eight years down the road.
1: Okay, so uh, you know when 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 you're out of college, and I feel like I had quite a bit of success there. You know, your uh, your confidence is through the roof. You know, I I wanted to go out and. And have a lot of success and ultimately win some titles. And, um, you know, that didn't happen for me r- right away and it still hasn't happened, but, um, no reason for me to give up. So, um, you know, it's, I, I was actually on this conversation with my wife uh, a couple of months ago. And in order f- for guys to win, it, I mean, outside of kind of what Belmo's done and, and a couple other guys, it's, it's incredible how well things have to go. You know, no, not only breaks, you know, have to go your way, but you also have to just be so sharp mentally and physically. So, um, you know, getting out of college, I gotta, I gotta think my confidence was at an all time high. And then going out on tour, you know, there's certainly a learning curve that you have to go through. Um, some guys, it takes longer. Sometimes some guys, you know, grasp it a little bit quicker, but, uh, you know, my goals have certainly changed now that I'm, you know, removed from the tour for a couple of years now. Um, and, you know, starting a family and stuff, but, uh, Still certainly am, am hungry to win that's for sure
2: uh, talk, talk about that for a little bit because i gotta tell you i'm surprised you have i mean i can hear the energy you have in your voice and having a couple of young twins i mean all i hear is that you get no sleep you get no rest is that is that right or no no that's that that's certainly
1: accurate um you know the four <laughs> magical words that that we're living by at the moment are it will get better and um <laughs> you know it's it, it's certainly been a tough road they were born in august and uh you know, I felt like I, I was a zombie for a few months, um, where, you know, it's, it's just me and my wife. I mean, we, we have had some help from my parents and then, and then her mother as well, which, you know, they've been heroes for us. Um, and so now that we're, you know, they're about seven and a half months now, um, starting to finally get a little bit more sleep and get on a schedule, but it's still, uh, it's still not easy. So I basically have you know, three full-time jobs at the moment. One is, you know, my, my full-time job. I'm at Franklin Templeton Investments. Um, number two is the kids. Uh, and then number three is bowling. So, uh, you know, trying to schedule all of them and still stay sharp for the weekends. And uh, it's, it, it's a pretty packed schedule.
0: So, PJ, the big question that everyone's wondering, you said they're seven and a half months old. Are you starting to see a dominant hand? Are you, like, are you making them use their right hand or their left hand? Are you, you doing anything <laughs> like that?
1: Yeah, you know, we're we're starting to notice some tendencies. Our, our little girl might be might be a lefty, so uh, you know, we'd certainly take advantage of some of that, uh and, and try and leverage that as much as possible. But um our little boy Cooper, he uh gotta think he's right handed just by some tendencies that we've seen, but probably still too early to tell. But uh, you know, we've got some little foam balls and, and some little things that Um, you know, we're having them starting to, starting to play with and roll around and just, just to get that uh, started early.
2: It's pretty cool that you're, you know, starting to see, like I said, some of those tendencies at the, at the really young age. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk here recently, just about the two handed technique. And you're talking about left handed and right handed. Is that something that you're in favor of and you support? Do you see a big trend of that in the future? Or what are your thoughts?
1: You know, being, being in in the, the investment business, you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, we look at the stock market every day. So, um, you know, we, we look at how markets have done the past few years and we don't think that, you know, moving forward, um, you're going to be able to, to invest in the same products that, that you, you could previously based on market conditions and what we're seeing. And I can apply that to bowling where the traditional game, the Walter Ray, the Norm, you know, you look at some of these guys that have had so much success, you know, 30 plus titles over, um, you know, 20 plus years out on tour and you're starting, not to see those guys as much any longer, and they're still just as great as they were. Um, but there's a new development, uh, you know, in in bowling, and this is a two handed deal. And um, you know, I'm all favor, I'm, I'm all in for it. I think that it's an incredible way to throw a bowling ball. The strikes and and the amount of um, the, the way their balls go through the pins is just so much different than something I've I've ever seen. Um, I remember seeing Belmo when I was on Team USA in Guam back in '04, my, my first, uh, you know, world youth tournament. And it was like, what's this guy doing? You know, he, he just looks so much different. He's doing something that nobody else is doing. And to look at it now, you know, 10, 11 years later, um, what a, what a ride and what a story that, that he's become. And, you know, not only him, but Osku and a couple other guys that are, that are doing it. It's, it's incredible. So if my kids were to pick it up, absolutely all for it. Because, uh, I know that, it's a it's, it's a revolution it's a change and those guys are hard to beat when they get when they get going so um absolutely I deal for it
0: so as a midwesterner who's now moved to the west coast um we always hear about how great bowling is in the midwest and I'm, I it is don't get me wrong but I think sometimes the West Coast kind of gets a little bit slighted with uh, bowling. But just talk about that as someone who's a you know, lifelong Californian and, and been bowling out in this you know California and the Bay Area and, and in the Valley and such. Mm-hmm. And just talk about some of the great stuff and great bowlers that uh, you've ran across over uh, your years.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, you're definitely right, Tim. You know, the West Coast gets a little bit... Uh, slide it on that. And I think part of it's because of the weather. You know, I, I'm, I'm looking outside at uh, a window from my desk here and um, I, I see a cloud a little bit far away, but I don't think it's in any danger of us. And uh, <laughs> so it, it's, you know, there's certainly a lot a lot more to do, uh, you know, out here on the West Coast as far as, um, you know, outdoor activities and things. We're in the Midwest. Obviously, the weather's a little colder and, you know, you're a little bit more limited, but um, you know, some of the guys that, uh, that I've ran across here, I mean, there's, there's a, a boatload of names that, uh, that I, I feel are great players. You know, Brian Smith, um, not too far from us here is, is one that comes to mind. Um, Jeff Franco's who never really went out on tour, but he's a great regional player. Um, you know, Sam Carter's another one, uh, you know, Chris Warren as well, uh, you know, big supporter of, of the tour and, and the regionals as well. Um, you get down to Vegas and, you know, guys like David Haynes and then, uh, you know, Dave Watka who who just moved, you know, out, out back east a little bit. Um, you know, so that there's certainly some some players that come to mind that uh you know, man, these guys these guys are great bowlers. Um and they've had great track records and, and, and what they've done, you know, with ball and ball has been uh they have put together some some solid resumes. So um certainly certainly some, some great players out west. But yeah, you're certainly right, Tim. Uh it seems like the the beef of the uh of of the, the players come, you know, east of uh, east of Phoenix or Vegas.
2: Hey, final question, PJ, I have for you here. What uh, What kind of advice do you have for somebody who's a, you know, a high school player who's pretty talented, they've got some aspirations for maybe competing in college and kind of doing and following the footsteps that you kind of created there? What kind of advice do you have for them in terms of, you know, selecting the right school or, you mm-hmm. know, trying to, Develop their game so they can compete on sport patterns better. What kind of, what are some of those kind of uh, thoughts and advice you have for them?
1: Yeah, if, if I was to, uh, you know, back in high school, and and I know it's a big, you know, revolution of, of how big high school bowling is getting. I, I've got to say, you know, find a coach that not only number one that you trust, but that has a good track record. You know, that if you were to ask around and say, hey, who coaches that kid or who coaches that kid who who you know maybe those kids are really good. Um, and, and get to know that coach a little bit because you know it's it's part of its word of mouth. You know, uh, you, you, you got to find someone who um, will develop your game. And, and you know, I got to say uh, there are certain coaches who who aren't built for certain players, which is completely fine. Um, but try and take away some uh, some important you know topics that uh, that you know you can work on and, and try and get better. I got to say that uh, when when I was growing up, we didn't have high school bowling, but I would watch a lot of PBA shows and and try and emulate what some of these guys were doing. You know, like Pete Weber's a perfect example, um, you know, where where he he could could do anything to the bowling ball. Um, Now, you know, you can see that uh, a lot of guys are starting to do the two handed deal, so they may want to watch some videos with Elmo and Osku. And, um, you know, there's there's a couple other guys out there that are are doing the same thing and and they're having a lot of success. So, um, number two, I would say go drill some storm balls. You know, I I think that uh, if, if you look at uh, the, the, the past couple of years here, um, look at look at the balls that have been on TV, and that's certainly been, been the Storm stuff, and they've certainly dominated. So I think they're doing the right thing, and, and uh seems like this is going to be around for a while. But I think most importantly, you've got to find a coach that uh, that will make you better, not only physically, but I think mentally as well. Because when you get to the level that we're at, you know everybody throws it great. Everybody's physically sound, as can be. But I think it's between the ears where it makes – some of the other guys better than, uh, than
0: others. Yeah, PJ, you hit on Storm Equipment, and I want to get your take on this. What um, What is it that you think makes the Storm pieces different from the other companies that that help you out, that help your game out?
1: Well, for me, you know, typically I, I have a little bit of a heavier role. So I've always liked equipment that is a little bit cleaner through the front part of the lane, um, but it isn't so jerky down lane. I know that, you know, at, at Storm it seems like they've always known for the stuff that flips. Well, yeah, we can certainly get it to flip. That's 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 certainly something that we can do. But I think that top to bottom, our lineup is is the real deal. Um, you know, my favorite two pieces out right now are the Crux Pearl and also the Rocket. I've drilled both of those, and I think they complement each other really well. But I think that ultimately, lane conditions in in a in any given block, whether it's you know three games or six games or eight games or what have you, the lanes are going to break down. And I think that's where top to bottom storm really comes through is we have, you know, a, a a great couple balls for the fresh, some some really good pieces in the middle for the transition. And then most importantly when you're trying to, you know, bowl those big games later on um to whether you know to get in the number or extend your lead, I think that's where where we come in um the most. So for me at least with my heavier ball roll, um I feel like we have the lineup where I, I can get stuff that you know rolls early and uh, and maybe has a little less down lane, kind of a slower response time, and then I think we also have the, the balls where if I need something quicker down lane to to kind of miss um, the early friction to kind of blow through that, um, uh, we're able to provide that shape as well.
0: Very excited myself that Crux Pearl I have at the pro shop right now getting drilled up, so I can't wait to uh, wait to get that thing. Uh, especially hearing what you're saying about the ball, and I've only heard great things about the piece itself. So, P.J. Haggerty, want to thank you for joining myself and Steve today. Absolutely, thanks for having me. Jim.